Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. Welcome, internets, to another episode of Fan The show where the pros are fans, or something to that extent. It's your boy, DJ Benjamin, a.k.a. Danny Bland, a.k.a. Plain Bane, a.k.a. Soldier 70 Spliff, a.k.a. Wakanda's favorite DJ, a.k.a. The Captain Kirk of Hip Hop, a.k.a. Arsenio (laughs) Holiday. Here on Fanbro Show, voice of the urban geek, you know, the multicultural maestros, all that good stuff. And as always, I am joined by... Tatiana King-Jones, the Grand Duchess of Tech, also known as the Ahura of the Spaceship, the Black Russian, the Black Rogue, Sean Jean-Luc Picard, Colleen Wingstop, Blackness Everdeen, Ivan Yeo, and Maserati Kanata. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You like that mm-hmm. new one right there, Plain Bane. Yo, that and, shit was hilarious. Bane, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Plain Bane. Yeah. You know, I'm just cool, you know, just chilling out here on the spaceship tonight. Voice of the Urban Geek Fan Bro Show, as always. Thank you to everyone out there who is subscribing on SoundCloud, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on all those various formats out there, thank you so much for all the love. You know, we on Twitter, we on Instagram, at Fanbros Show. You know, you can follow us there. You know, check us out, all that new stuff. Big shout-outs, for real, though. Everyone participating in the Fanbros BHM Challenge Questionnaire, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was really dope. Really yeah. dope right there. Yeah. Yeah, we were I was I was very happy that everybody was so engaged and I really love how far it spread. Like there was people like honestly, like these questions brought in so many people who didn't even know we existed and like mm-hmm. everyone was really happy to lend their support to the challenge. Everyone was really happy to share their answers to all the questions. Like we had a really fun time coming up with the questions and an even more fun time listening to you or reading your answers. So as Ben Amin said, thank you very much. It was dope. And you know, we we may continue doing the questions going forward. You never know. I mean, we do have Women's History Month upon us now, you know, and mm-hmm. like people say, you know, February is the shortest month, so we got to throw in some more questions just because of that. I mean, just alone right. on that fact, because people are always trying to be so wildly disrespectful. <laughs> but before before we talk about the wildly disrespectful folks, let's also thank the black cosplayers mm. that... That we featured on Fan Bros IG Instagram for the 28 Days of Black Cosplay hashtag. You guys fucking did that. Like the levels, the levels I saw when it came to the skill and the imagination and the execution of these cosplay was just incredible. Like we had cosplay, we had crossplay. Like it was very, very, very dope. 
And we just thank you. We love cosplayers. You know, we root for you all the time. We all about cosplayer inclusion. So really happy that we were able to feature some of the best and the brightest across the board. And definitely looking forward to seeing you guys and with more of your awesome, awesome cosplay. No, for real. Like, thank you to everybody who participated. Thank you to all the different cosplayers out there who were shouting us out, telling other people to feature and all that good stuff because it was just beautiful. Yeah. Like Tatiana said, I mean, the levels out there <laughs> of cosplay is just so crazy. And I got to feature, I mean, people got to feature a lot of their friends and a lot of their favorites and just people I'd never heard of before. And then I was just like, wow, you out here doing it like that i mean which one was your favorite ben i mean Ooh, damn tatiana that's a tough one right there i mean i can tell you now i have many favorites but one Mm -hmm. of the main ones that like blew my mind was the one from the last day from the 28th the the person who did the 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 young lady who did ganondorf Mm -hmm. that shit was fire like (laughs) i I have never seen any like. First of all, I, I had not. I have never seen a woman do Ganondorf and not like that. Like the makeup on point, the mm-hmm. detailing and the accessories on point, and that's why again why I just like I'm being super genuine. Like this shit really blows my mind because cosplay when you really put a lot of effort to it like that, it is not easy and it's not the cheapest thing and it takes so much effort and dedication. So we understand what y'all going through. Okay, I know one that I got to give a shout out to. It was this cat, that Gears guy on Instagram. And I met him at New York oh. Comic Con this year. And in New York Comic Con, he was doing Roadhog from Overwatch. And it was sick. But then oh, I wow. went to his Instagram and found this pic of him in this Chaos Space Marine from Warhammer 40K. Which is one of my favorite games and a very super geek thing that I rarely see brothers and sisters into. So to see him in this sick-ass Chaos Space Marine armor, which is like uh, Master Chief turned up to 10 type thing, was just like, yo, like that's so dope to see a brother doing that and making that suit and just everything that went into it, sick. So yeah, shout-outs to everyone who was you know featured. Shout-outs to everyone who hit us up about it, everyone who was commenting, liking the pictures, you know, at Fanbro Show on Instagram. We're definitely going to continue featuring cosplayers. Like we said, it's Women's History Month. So, you know, we're going to have to shout-out the ladies up in here real quick <laughs> because, you know, they don't nearly ever get enough shine. But, you know, like I was saying, Tatiana, can we talk about this disrespect real quick? Holy shit. Oh. I mean, like I say, people just don't respect the culture. You know, that's what Fan Bro Show is here for, you know, to show respect to the culture. And, you know, people just don't do it. And, so mm. so which one? Because there, there's been many levels of disrespect this there week. So always which one we get into first? Levels of disrespect going on in America. But especially in Hollywood. And, I mean, we've uh, got to talk about the ostrich, Tatiana. We have to talk about the ostrich. Like, yeah. You know. Well. Ooh. Hey. That was interesting. Here's the thing. I, and, and this is. So this is the high level, right? We're going to go into some detail. But here's the high level. Overall, to me, the show was more entertaining than previous shows. And I had put out, like, a sarcastic tweet on Twitter, not like I did. I put out a sarcastic tweet on Twitter that was saying, "Oh, this show is more entertaining this year." I wonder why. Mm. <laughs> Hashtag Oscar is so white. So uh, 
it just it's just funny to me that when you start including more people of color, more people who are actually involved in all of this stuff that, oh, it actually seems more into it. People, you actually seem to enjoy it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So in, in one respect, that was that's how I felt. But unfortunately, and to your point of disrespect, there was a lot of stuff that was super wrong. And I'll get, and we'll get into the main one. But leading up to that, I did not appreciate Jimmy Kimmel's way of basically one once again centering white males in terms of uh people of color in their names so throughout the broadcast and he even he did it first to Mahershala which really pissed me off but throughout the broadcast any person of color who had quote-unquote a weird name he always had something to say about it he was just like oh what's your name oh how you pronounce that like there I had mentioned Mahershala in the beginning after Mahershala won, Jimmy said some shit about, oh, oh, I heard like, like, oh, you just had a baby. I hope you don't name that child anything close to Mahershala. Like basically saying, oh, your, your, your name is too difficult to understand and pronounce. Then he did it again when that group of tourists came in. Like there was a skit where these tourists had no idea they were being brought into the Oscars. They, they brought him in and they surprised them. And Jimmy was like talking to a young Asian woman. And he was like, oh, what's your name? And she said her name. I don't remember her name, but he said her name. And it, and it's not what you would call a, a American conventional name. And he was just like, whoa, what's that? Like he was doing that typical, <laughs> it was so annoying and it's tired and it's old and it's not funny. Like it's, it's, it's that old shit like, oh, you got a funny name, blah, blah, blah. Nigga, like, get your shit together. If we in 2017, stop doing that dumb shit. That shit is not funny. That shit is old. Just like, it just seems to me that, especially with Oscars and these big, these big shows that are televised, they can't get away from their inherent racism. Just like, even when Chris Rock did it, he had that joke about the, the Asian kids in the sweatshop. I was like, that shit, are you really, we really doing that? We going, we backsliding to that? So, that was an aspect that I was not feeling and he just kept fucking doing it and it was irritating. But then obviously we got to get to the big one, right? You got to get to that. The big one. Like, I definitely feel you on Jimmy Kimmel and when I was looking into it afterwards, people were saying that's just a general thing he does even to this day on his show. And unlike you, I don't watch the show. Yeah, I don't watch the show at all. And but unlike you, I didn't even find a whole broadcast that entertaining. Like it was cool to see people in the audience. You know, it's cool to see people winning, you know, color and all that. But beyond that, the whole broadcast, like his shots at Trump and all that were weak as hell. Everything was just weak as hell. You know, I liked seeing the Bureau stand innovation of Meryl Streep, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I will. Yeah. I will add that I was also live tweeting at the same time, the mm-hmm. entire time. So yep. Twitter does inject a lot of humor. Definitely. And, I feel you. And entertainment into it. Yeah. See, I missed it. I, I caught it on replay, so it was more. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. Then by itself, it, it's probably weak. It, it definitely was. But yeah, like we said, the big disrespect. It was funny because I was in a screening of uh, King Kong today, and we'll talk about that a little later. But before the screening, uh, there were you know, it was all critics and all you know, news people in there. And I heard some of them talking about the wild disrespect. And one guy was bringing up other moments in Oscar history where they've had flubs and stuff. And this other guy was like, nah, bruh. I mean, he didn't say bruh, obviously. But he was like, mm-hmm. nah, bruh. Like, no, this is the most wildly disrespectful thing in Oscar history. And like I this- fully agree because, 
Yeah, oh, I saw it, like I said, I saw it afterwards, so I already knew about the wild disrespect. But then I sat there and watched the wild disrespect in real time, you know, I just let it play, and I'm just like, oh, sh- these, mo- they, wait, they went up there, okay, they up there, first dude de- gave his speech, <laughs> second dude gave his speech, I'm like, wait, when, when is this going? And then I see the people, you know, gathering in the background and et cetera, et cetera. And then third dude in the middle of it is like, oh, yeah, we lost spotter. But I'm like, wow. You When the dude said we lost, I said, huh? And yeah. I didn't I didn't think nothing about the amount of people on stage because it was La La Land. So I knew it was 5011 people anyway. So I didn't realize there was a commotion going on until dude says, oh, we lost anyway and turned around. And I was like, the hell are you talking about? And then the fucking shit hit the fan. Hit the fan. And it's listen, Ben, I mean, in 89 years, almost century, 89 years of Oscar history, this shit has never happened. No, no, ever, ever. And for and and, and just to, to breeze through it real quick, just so y'all know, La La Land was called up as the winner of the best picture. And that was wrong. It was actually Moonlight who won the the biggest thing that that really to this day to this to this moment that that irks me the most is that the way it went down it t- completely robbed moonlight and the cast and everybody involved of really un- savoring that moment mm-hmm. it robbed and it took away from the people who are watching at home and the people who are watching elsewhere even and, and and the people in the audience themselves, like when it came to, I guess when it really started sinking in that they won, folks like Samuel Jackson were visibly crying mm-hmm. for that type of moment, that powerful moment, that what would have been a powerful moment to see Moonlight be announced and the cast go up there and people really be visible with their emotions and their feelings about this, for that to be tainted. And, like, even as it was happening, you can see that everybody was confused. Regardless of how people saved face or whatever like that, people were just confused. And instead of a shining moment of love and triumph, it was just confusion and chaos. And that is a that was just hugely problematic. I don't want to use the word problematic. That was just a huge issue for me. <laughs> she that was, was huge. <laughs> like, it just, shit was wet. And like, I tell you, honestly, for a full day, I thought it was conspiracy. I was like, nah, man. Like, I was just oh, like, there's no way. This never happened. I was like, there's no way uh-uh. they messed that up, blah, blah, blah. And it was actually less than a conspiracy. It was just some dumb fuck shit that I'll get into later about what actually happened. Yeah. Again, I, I it just... It blew my mind, but it, it, it blew my mind in the sense that it's just like when I when I thought it was on purpose, I was like, "Damn, they really don't give us anything. We really can't <laughs> like we really can't be happy in our triumphs because they will take that shit away from you every time." And then fucking Jimmy or whoever else said it was just like uh, to La La Land, "Oh well, y'all could just keep it." No, Ninja, you cannot keep the statue. <laughs> you damn. We sure won can. that. We we meaning Moonlight. Moonlight won that. <laughs> and, I, and and also before before I let you talk, man. I mean, okay. Before who I, I see you, I see you right there. I see you about to type that stupid ass comment on SoundCloud. Don't fucking tell me, oh, y'all shouldn't be worried about the white man's award. Blah blah. blah. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, okay? I'm telling you directly. At me, 
at me shut the fuck up about that because that shit is fucking stupid don't come at me with that if you want to have a conversation about why i think it's important then we can dialogue but don't say that on the soundcloud if you say that on the soundcloud be prepared for some fire i'm dead ass mm-hmm. mm. I, fu- I fully i fully co-signed that last statement and i also want to say that it's not about some white versus black thing because i still haven't seen la la land and I wasn't really interested in it because I, I mean, you know, but the thing is, I really like Emma Stone and I really like Ryan Gosling. They're two of my favorites. And when mm. I saw the clips, you know, during the award show, like when it won Best Cinematography, I was like, well, damn, that's some dope ass cinematography. I can't even fake on this. You know, like that, that joint looked lit. Like, you know, <laughs> like, you know it looked lit well, obviously. Like, <laughs> I'm like, yo, okay. And but I've seen Moonlight and Moonlight has incredible cinematography. You know, mm. it's just it's a beautiful film. And it's a beautiful film on so many levels. And I was so happy to see Maharshala win. You know, but then like you said, just the moment to be taken away was that was Wizzeek. And I think Jimmy Kimmel's thing was Wizzeek. And I even go beyond <laughs> that that the whole like aftermath of it now is Wizzeek because like today I think it was a variety or whatever comes out. And normally their yeah. cover is the Oscar winner, and instead it has both of them on there. And even though they're both Oscar winners, it you know it's the whole story now is about this moment instead of being about Moonlight. And Moonlight right. and got then, a lot of love, but it, it's not getting enough, you know, in my opinion. It could never get enough. And some stories that I've seen were about how gracious the La La Land people nah, were. Yeah. Why are we centering this on the people who didn't fucking win? Why yeah. are we centering this, centering this once again on whiteness? That's not what this moment was supposed to be about. I mean, the, 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 the worst thing, and like I said, I don't want to make this about white versus black, but the worst thing to me was, I mean, just the, I, I didn't even understand it. When my man was thanking his blue-eyed wife, like, that was just the illest thing. He said blue-eyed wife? He said, thanks I don't remember to that. my blue-eyed wife. And I don't remember that. See, but, snatched away. But, but I'm making, that comment I'm making, it's not about, I'm not talking about from the war perspective about black and white. I'm talking about from the coverage perspective. I'm talking yep. about from the media. They're making this, like, like the way that they're framing, these white people yeah, they're framing these stories like this. Like, once again, it's not about the fact that Moonlight and everyone else were 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 robbed of their moment no it's about oh how gracious a lot of land people are that's what i'm talking about but back to the i did not know he said that (laughs) that (laughs) okay i got nothing to say about that (laughs) he damn sure did say that boy let me tell you he said zebra plus blue equals cow oh wow i don't even know what that means it means none of what what does her blue eyes gotta do with anything yeah wow um with that i think we might need to take a break up in here you know the fire alarms are going off you know i might need to cool it down in the spaceship real quick so we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back with more fan bros show i'm deleting your comment off the soundcloud <laughs> Hey, what's up, fan bros? This is Tatiana King-Jones, and I am so excited to announce that Colorful Lives, my podcast with Angela Yee and Hey Friend Hey, is back. 
The second episode just dropped recently, so we really want you guys to join us. We catch up with all our major changes that have happened since Colorful Lives wrapped last summer. Make sure you join in the post-show discussion on Twitter by using the hashtag LiveColorful, the hashtag LiveColorful with an extra L at the end. And remember to subscribe to us, Colorful Lives, on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever else you get your podcasts. And welcome back, fan bros. We've cooled down the spaceship a little bit, you know, just uh, just a little bit. But, you know, we got some more to talk about because last week we had seen Get Out, of course. But we didn't really want to spoil anything because we knew that the majority of our listeners hadn't just yet. But now Get Out is out making all the dough in the world, which I'm especially happy about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that means most of y'all seen it by now. And if you haven't, you know, huge spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Spoiler! Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll, put in the show, we'll put in the show notes uh, how far you got to skip if you don't want to be spoiled. Okay? Yes. Spoiler! But Tatiana herself, you know, like she had about the Oscars, has a bit to say about Get Out. I don't have it's not so much that I have a bit to say it's just and it's this is kind of disjointed it's just that I've had I have kind of have had conversations the past couple of days about the movie and it was just I'm just going to talk about just certain aspects that jumped to me or shit that I caught after the fact like the Mm -hmm. wave came way after the fact and I was like holy shit so one of the main things that what what when we were at the screening Ben I mean with along with the Chico Leo, we mentioned that actually Jordan Peele himself was there as well as Daniel Kaluuya and um, the rest of the well, not the rest of the cast, but a couple people from the uh, of the cast. And Jordan was was basically expressing what the movie meant to him and and how he meant to interpret different things. And obviously, for on on there's many different ways to interpret the movie, but the most I would say accepted premise is that this is a social commentary on the black experience and and particularly from a black male view one thing that and and son of Baldwin on Twitter he talked about this he had an analysis on this that there wasn't a, a an accurate view from the perspective of black women a black woman you had Georgina who really is is kind of the 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 dark horse of the movie to me because like you have art and all bunch of stuff and a and whole just a lot of stuff that is being inspired by her portrayal and her role in the movie and and what she represents and all that stuff. So that was one aspect of the movie that I I don't I don't fault Jordan for like I'm not mad about it, but I wish that there was a bit more insight into that to probably give maybe a more nuanced perspective from the black woman, from the view of the black woman. That's the first thing. The second thing that I know is besides all the other, the little cues that you picked up later or you didn't know what it meant. The one thing that for some reason I did not catch the wave until after the fact, when Daniel, excuse me, when Chris is down in the basement and uh, uh, right before he, he attacks the son, he is scraping at the chair and he notices that the chair is coming apart because he's been scraping at it, but he noticed that, it, 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 that there's some material coming out of the thing. And he, and 
obviously for those who've seen it, he uses that material to plug his ears and that and that way he wouldn't hear the, the sound of the, of the spoon scraping against the tea and it wouldn't trigger him to be hypnotized and fall asleep. That material was cotton. Yeah. And the fact that Dan- Jordan, Jordan Peele put that in there and to say like this thing that is a symbol of the oppression of black Americans and, and, and within and that the diaspora in different, different, different ways, but that symbol and what that represents and the, and the, the tie to your ancestors and the fact that this symbol, this tool of oppression and negativity and all the bad thoughts that come with it, this is what you use to save your life. Mm. Like, that shit fucking blew my mind. When that was explained to me, I was like, yo. <laughs> like, I like I, I don't know. Like, it just, I didn't, for whatever reason, the first viewing, it did not click that that's what really all that was about. But to, like, when, I saw it twice, actually. I saw it this past weekend. And when that was explained, I was like, holy shit. Like, there are, there's levels to this movie that I really encourage people to see it a second time. Because once you've seen it the first time, you have the understanding of the story like all the surface stuff and maybe you've you caught some deep stuff but you are not you're you're in a different mind frame like you know what to expect so you're not paying attention to all that surface stuff you now you're really digging into the guts of the film and mm-hmm. that's why i think it's important to see it a second time yeah. so that's really all I, I, I want to mention okay well i agree with all that and yeah that was definitely uh, the cotton stuff i got the first time but the thing that got me and i haven't seen it the second time yet i really want to see it again but then the thing that got me in because it was something that disturbed me in it but i didn't understand it in the when i saw it was when Allison Williams' character, uh, what's, I'm not sure of her character's name, but. Um, I, I, uh, listen, I didn't, I don't, didn't trust white people <laughs> after that movie, so I do not remember her character's <laughs> name. <laughs> oh, man, but I'll, well, I'll, I'll, I'll get it. Okay, well, Allison Williams' character at the end is sitting there eating cereal and she's eating. Uh, the fruit 80s loops. joint. Yeah. yeah, she's eating Fruit Loops from one glass and, and milk from milk another. From another. And I didn't realize the significance of that is that she's keeping the colors away from the whites. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay, so her character name is Rose, but, yo, that's hilarious. Yeah, that was just like the, that's for, like we said, Jordan Peele really put his heart and soul into this joint. Obviously, it is a fire-ass movie. It should be dissected for years to come. And I'm really glad that he went ahead and did this like he did. It's just stunning, you know, to make a move like that, like he did. I hope everyone has seen it. If you haven't seen it yet, go see it. It's definitely just for everyone. Like, you know, Fanbro show is for all nerds. Everyone needs to see this movie. And I know that mad people are seeing it. White people, black people, everyone has seen it. So it's, you know, all the races in between, all the colors, all the cultures. There's, you know, race is just a imaginary construction in the first place but you know we'll get into that another time but yeah Yeah. go see it yeah it's so good so also jordan peele mentioned uh about recently that this is he he wants to work on more what he calls social thrillers so Mm. it's going to supposedly these movies that he wants to do are going to tackle more um additional an additional race he wants to tackle some more things and he quoted as saying that he wanted he has been developing several movies in the category that he calls a social thriller Mm -hmm. they all bite off of different human they all bite off of a different human demon Mm -hmm. so get out is about several things but obviously it's about race the next one will be about something else 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, right so, there, you, there, you could have your commentary on sexism. You know, there's so many other horrors that of the human condition. So that's, you know, I mean, he got a lane right here and he definitely opened up the door for himself. So congratulations, right. sir. And then he claimed he's open to a sequel to Get Out, which I don't really think is necessary. But, oh, you know, it's coming. You know it. I mean, like, well, Get Out, what, from the from the perspective of a black woman? Maybe, you know, maybe. I mean, who knows? You know, there could be a lot of different ways this grows. I mean, Chris, the character Chris is not going to get caught up again. (laughs) No, but see, that's that's something that I've always wanted to see in horror movies is what happens to a character after they've been through something like this. Like, and really. Not when there's, like, some Freddy Krueger type thing who keeps chasing you, you know, sequel after sequel. Your dreams and shit. Yeah, Yeah. I just mean when you've survived some horrific shit like this, like, how do you go back to society and what happens after that? What happens happens to Chris's mind, the fact that he murdered, rightfully, Mm -hmm. a whole family? Yes. And, you know, what happens to Chris and his next relationship? Mm. Like, well, know, that's interesting. Yeah, and what if it is with a black woman, and then you know you get, and then you know who knows where you can go from there. So yeah. Well, I'm then not, I take I take that back. Yeah. Then maybe maybe this does have a potential. Mm-hmm. I mean, I tr- at this point I trust Jordan to write whatever the fuck he wants to write. I always thought he was very clever and and smart in the way he he did his comedy, mm-hmm. and this was pretty much like yo, you can do whatever you want. I'm probably yeah. gonna support it. Yeah, I'm there. <laughs> Definitely. Any movie you drop from now on, any project you dropped, I'm down, you know, day one. And you know what else the hype is out there for, Tatiana? What? The Guac is Extra. All right. This week on The Guac is Extra. The first is from L.E.L. They write, uh, L.E.L. a.k.a. The Thriller in Manila Envelopes. (laughs) I still love that one. Classic. (laughs) They write... This isn't a fandom type of question, but a race-based one. Oh, damn. I under... Yeah. <laughs> you know, right? I understand I, if it's... Most of the listeners are like, oh, race again? Yeah. yeah. Well, hey. Hey, this this is what happens when people of color run a podcast. You know, you get some things called race mixed mm-hmm. in and mixed. Anyway, uh, they understand if it's too heavy for the pod. It's not. But I was wondering your take on Congressman Espaliots, and I, I probably mispronounced their name. But the the congressman's application to join the Congressional Black Caucus. Some don't think he should be admitted because he's in the quote-unquote Hispanic Caucus. I know this is really complicated to quantify, but there is no denying that he's the black man who's also Latino. Afro-Latino, anyone? Exactly. I'm beginning to put my own thoughts in long form uh, because writing is great. Um, They'll love to hear our take. (laughs) Tatiana had to edit that right there, folks, if you're wondering yeah. about that. You know, yeah. you got a little colorful, as they say. Colorful lives. Yeah. You know, check yeah. out SoundCloud right now. Right now, Angela Yee. Hey, friend. Hey, what up? Yep, yep. But what? back to the guac question. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like I said, man, I was just talking about this earlier, and I really don't like, I mean, I guess I'm going to have to talk about it right now. Race, you know, for the most part, by and by, is an artificial construct. Like, it's not a reality. There's no genetic, biological, whatever you want to call it, differences. Like, people have different skin tone, different amounts of melanin in their skin, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Those things might affect by the sun various environmental conditions differently. 
But beyond that, there's no light difference in race. What there is a difference is in cultures. You know, people have different cultures, et cetera, et cetera. You know, African-Americans have a culture. We have a history. We have a shared history. We have, because of that shared history, we have different experiences that we can just relate to one another on. Same as with any culture. But the skin tone thing is just a skin tone thing. And, yeah, this dude can be down in a congressional black caucus. If he grew a brown in America, he's experienced what it's like to be, you know, a quote-unquote black man in America. He's dealt with all those problems. Just because he can speak Spanish doesn't change those problems. Mm-hmm. Like, and yeah. I, to piggyback off of that, exactly I agree with you. And also what Eliel said themselves, like, the there is such thing as Afro-Latino or like Afro-Latinas, yes. like, you have to understand there are intersections within intersections and Mm -hmm. there are people, people, people themselves from an individual standpoint are not monoliths. They may represent a variety of things and it is okay to be in the quote unquote Hispanic caucus and the black caucus. You can be in all of the caucuses if that's what you represent. And to further to your point, but I mean, unless there's some unwritten rule that I don't know about, even if the guy wasn't so-called Afro-Latino, like, I don't see why he couldn't join. He's, he's, a, he's a person of color. He's brown. And he, under, and, and he has experienced America in a particular way that, that may be congruent with what black Americans go through. I'm not saying it's the same because the experience of an Asian man or woman is different from the experience of a, a black man or woman. Yes, there's differences there. At the same time, too, it's kind of strange to me to be like, oh, well, you not you not 100% black or whatever the case is. I don't think you could join. So to the people who are saying that this congressman shouldn't join, I think that's stupid. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty daft of you. I think you're being weird <laughs> for, 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 for to keep it very on a very basic term. It's it's. It's just so much more you could you can really be fighting for. You know when people say, "Oh, well there's some this more important things happening right now." Yeah. For you to be like this 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 man of of Hispanic descent or Latino descent can't join. Like that's that don't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. At all. And especially when, you know, like you, I mean, it gets so deep on so many levels, but just the fact that, you know, you're calling him Hispanic or Latina instead of just a person and like at the same time, we just have, like we said, it's just culture versus race, and one of them matters, and the other one is something that's really put upon by people, and we just accept it because it's put upon us, but it's not really our history, and it's not really what we're about. And so when you, so Ben, I mean, when you say culture versus race, mm-hmm. let's use this as an example. When it comes to people who identify as or Latinx, so to to to, to be inclusive of both men and women, when people identify as that. Mm-hmm. Do you see that as culture or race? I would see that mainly as culture because how would you like how would they see it as a race? Right. Now, what do you when you say that, what do you see as race? Black, white? I don't. That's I mean, like, like when you say race, that, like what are you referring to? I'm referring, when people say I'm black, like what do you mean? When people say they're black or whatever, I'm referring to the fact that they're saying that they're you know, usually of a brown skin tone of some sort or another and that they're probably African American. You know, because that's the main people who walk around saying they're black, just like the main people who say walking around there saying they're white is Caucasian Americans. Not, you okay. know, when you get worldly, it doesn't become that. You know, people from other states are not like black. 
because that's something that was put upon people because that distinguishes people and that allows white people, well, people in power especially, to separate people and to keep people separated by these scenes. It's just by the same token, like Combat Jack always talks about this, how for a long time Irish people weren't considered white. Italians weren't considered white. They were considered Italian. I've heard that thing about Italians before. Yeah, especially about Irish. You know, like Irish have always claimed that they were slaves. I mean, they were enslaved at one point in America. That They were put in, you know, they were a lower class of people. But then once it became where white people needed everything, you know, to keep this separation of white versus, you know, other races, they became more accepting of these people like Italians, Irish people, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, it's just a thing of divisiveness that I just don't agree with. Like, I understand African-American culture. I understand African culture. I understand American culture. I understand, you know, white American, whatever you want to call white American culture, you know, Hispanic, Latinx, you know, et cetera, Asian-American, et cetera, Jewish. I mean, however you want to do it. But all these things are just various things that keep people separated in the long run at the same time. And respect for people's culture isn't a problem. But people do have a problem when people start being like black and white because that makes it so easy to separate people. You know, like everyone loves hip hop culture, but not everybody loves black people. Mm. And that's, you know, that's that's the issue. Well, I'm black, man. I mean, so. <laughs> you say what? Uh, I'm black, so. Uh. I mean, but see, like I say, I mean, not to get too deep on you, Tatiana, but people are only black and white because at one point a white person probably said you're black and you're white and I'm white. You know, that wasn't a thing. You know, your culture is what you were from, like, especially in Africa or whatever. Back in the day, you would be from this tribe, that tribe, et cetera, this this region, that region. Right. But when you don't have that information, you become black. Well, yeah. Well, We'll, we'll go into it in another episode, but <laughs> <laughs> let's get to the next block question. Next question is from Mr. T. Steph. Ooh, man. Just, just one T. last thing on that that brings yeah, it back to the geek folks. Like, Sunspot of the New Mutants is uh, Dominican, right? But he looks like a brother. You know, most people just see him as black. The Dominicans are also okay you know i'm not gonna get into that that's the point you know until (laughs) you know until he would speak spanish you would know idea so that's my point about that you know but you're both you're you can be both yeah of course everybody came here on the slave ship in the first problem you know not okay well the question you know (laughs) like i said we gotta do this on another we gotta do this on another episode yes so the question from mr t steph on twitter is what canceled show would you want to bring back? They loved Pushing Daisies. Uh, I've never seen canceled Pushing Daisies. Show. <laughs> so, Me neither. Um, Sorry, I'm sure I'm, that's not that's not a diss. I just I just yeah, personally not, never yeah, seen it. I miss a lot of shows. Ooh, but canceled show that I would like to bring back. So I'd like to bring Lost back, but that wasn't really canceled. I would just like to see more of that. Um, as far as canceled, I'll let you go for a second. Let me think on this. I wish you would just go because I have. <laughs> I was still trying to think real quick. See the thing, the things I had mentioned, and this is actually similar to the questions. One of the questions we asked during our twenty-eight day Black History Month mm-hmm. question challenge, and I had mentioned from a cartoon anime perspective. I wasn't even thinking like real life sitcom type thing. I was. I thought of, and don't laugh at me. Have and this is probably I, I don't know, the reboot series, which used to be on Saturday morning cartoons. Mm-hmm. It. At the time, it was like cutting edge CGI, and and it looks trash now. But <laughs> it was it was dope, and it 
the the gist of it was you were falling around these characters that lived that the people that live the people okay the characters that live inside of the computer inside yeah, the mainframe I, I remember it okay you yeah. know reboot okay so i just thought especially to be a kids show and again the, the shows from the 90s were just i, I think they really not I mean not that they don't now but I just feel like they really gave challenges to kids at that time like they they went through especially when you look at things like the old X-Men the 90s X-Men series they really went in some deep stuff Batman, gargoyles Batman gargoyles gargoyles huge. some some deep themes that yeah. you may or may not have understood or, or been ready for as a kid but it made you really think so mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, because I'm the tech geek, I was all into that. So reboot, I, I wish they, they they were supposed to bring it back several times over like a decade ago, and it hasn't happened. I don't think it will happen, mm-hmm. but I I would like for that to come back. Yeah, well, as far as like live action shows, I rarely right now get into any show without it already going a season at least. You know, unless it's like some superhero show, and those rarely get canceled in the first place. So I'll get into those, but like other shows that aren't. You know, or like HBO. There's been a few on HBO that got canceled. Like people talk about Made in America, but I didn't really like Made in America that much. So when it got mm. canceled, it was like, mm. I know a lot of people loved it, but I was just like, uh, I felt like I'd seen it before and they just browned it up a little for Made in America. And I just wasn't uh, feeling that. A um, few people who answered this question, they, someone said, what's the movie? The Minority the movie, the show, The yeah, Minority, Minority Report, Report show. I didn't even know that. That Star Megan Good? Yeah. Yeah, it only it didn't get too far, but mm-hmm. I knew that shit was going down. Just and, yeah. and it may not even have been bad. It's just that the ratings weren't there. Yeah, it. Then, I watched an episode. I wasn't blown away, but right. yeah. I think someone said like extant, which eh, like they would mm, have to. Re- that they was would a have Holly Berry to, joint. Yeah, they no. would have to redo the writing on that a bit and actually say remove Hallie. Man, Sorry, I watched the whole <laughs> season of that. See what I mean? I'll never forget. I, that I watched it. I watched it. You watched you. I watched it and it, it went off the rails for me. How about yeah, that? that? That was a mess. Um, like we, you just mentioned animation. So one, I will mention, like everyone said, Young Justice, but that's already coming back. Right. But another one that I wish would come back in is Thundercats. And people also say the Green the, Lantern joint. That the came new joint? Around Thundercats. Yeah, there's, there was a new Thundercats joint that came on a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. It ran for what, like yep. one season, I think. And yep. it was always on, on Netflix, the weirdest right? times. No, it was on TV at first. I think it's on Netflix now. But it was on TV mm. at first. And it was like the weirdest times. But it was super ill. And it was like, like Lionel was like the punk. You know, he was still growing into being a king. But he was really a punk in this. You know, um, <laughs> what's his name? The tiger dude was a straight hater. You know, Panthro was around. But he wasn't always around because he joined up later. It was like the real formation of the Thundercats. And it was just dope as hell. And then at one point, what really killed me is when they connected it to um, Silverhawks. Like mm. at one point, Mumra like pulls up this screen and he's talking to a bunch of other characters. And one of them is the villain from Silverhawks. And it was just this quick little shout out. And they said that they planned to develop that more, like bring the Silverhawks in and all this other stuff, you know, all those little properties. But it got canceled, and that was the end of that. So, yeah, I, I drove for Thundercat. So that's animation, too. So sorry, but yeah, I like that. Okay. And the last guac entry is actually not a question, Mm -hmm. but a call to action. And we definitely want to share this because this is from our boy, Brian, who has been a big supporter of the show for the last few years. 
he and his wife um, actually are having a baby. Congratulations. The baby is due April 2nd. Mm -hmm. And while they're very excited, neither they both live here in New York. Um, They're very excited, but neither the state of New York nor his wife's employer is actually providing paid maternity leave. They said they will hold her job for 12 weeks, but it's all unpaid. What he did, and this was very smart of him, he started a GoFundMe page to raise money so that his wife, Gela, or get, uh, and I, I, pardon me if I mispronounced her name, mm-hmm. but his wife can take as much time as she needs uh, with the baby without having to worry that she's missing work. Uh, Brian is actually works two jobs. He does, he does, he's in the service industry, and he said that he's doing that to make sure that he can cover all the bills and stuff like that. But nice. he, they, they really do need assistance during this time. Um, I actually already donated to the GoFundMe page. If you guys are interested in learning more about Brian's story or you're interested in donating or you want to share it with people, you can go to GoFundMe.com slash Gela's Maternity Leave Baby Fund. So that's G-E-L-L-A-S Maternity Leave Baby Fund. Uh, I'm sure if you just go to GoFundMe and type in Gela's Maternity, it'll come up. But definitely shouts to you, Brian. We're here to support. Like we tell you, fam bros, like we don't just support you in your geek culture stuff. We support you in your life as well. Mm-hmm. And if it's if it's real love for you, we got real love for you. If it's real love for us, we got real love for you as well. So definitely if you guys can support or check it out or even just share it, it doesn't matter what you can do. If you want to support but you don't have a lot to give, you want to give a dollar, that's something. That's a dollar they didn't have before. And mm-hmm. that would really be helpful to them and their new baby on the way. No, for real. Big shout-outs to both of them. Congratulations. That's so dope to see, you know, going from what's the best m- music to make a baby to to them having their baby. Yeah. Eight <laughs> seconds. I, rem- so. <laughs> yeah. I remember I answered that question, um, Secret Garden. It mm-hmm. was like Barry White, right? Mm-hmm. And like I'll be sure. Some other people in there. It's like a thousand R&B people from, the, from, from like the 90s times, but... Yeah, so congratulations, y'all. You know me, I always throw with the door by Prince. That is, yeah, baby making jam. Well, it worked. <laughs> it worked, but you know, whatever they chose worked out great. So yeah, definitely check out their maternity fund because that is so messed up. And one of my biggest issues, you know, with the state of America is the fact that how they treat women and women who are pregnant, especially, is so ridiculous. Like the fact that she, you know, her job holds her job for three months. It's like some type of great deal or something like that's so messed up, you know, like that a woman has to go yeah. back to work, like basically because, you know, she's going to have to take a month off at least before she has the baby and then get yeah, two months off after and then have to go back to work with the baby. Like, it's so messed up. Like, you should get at least eight, nine months, you know, no problem. Like, but this is yeah. America. So, you know, yep, yep. And that's another episode, folks. But as always, send in <laughs> all your questions, your comments, your concerns, you know, your hopes and your dreams to contact at fanbros.com. You know, hit us on the Twitter at fanbros show. And we are down to answer any and everything. Like Tatiana said, if you got love for us, we got love for y'all for real. Congratulations again to the both of y'all. And we're going to take a quick, 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 a quick, 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 quick break. And we'll be (laughs) right back. Hi, this is Marjorie Liu. And when I'm not bitching about ex mocking of the movie, I'm listening to Fan Bros. This is Ta-Nehisi Coates. And when I am not reading Wicked and Divine or Darth Vader or Velvet, I'm 
chilling with the fan bros. Hello, this is Lexi Alexander. When I'm not on Twitter or kicking people to the head, I'm listening to Fan Bro Show. Should I try it without an accent? It'll never happen. This is Daniel Jose Older. When I'm not writing best-selling ass novels, I'm listening to the Fan Bros. Hi guys, it's Alfred Woodard. And when you are not skiing, roller skating, skateboarding, punching people out, you should be listening to Fan Bros. The best people are. Okay, gotta go. Love you, love you. Bye-bye. Welcome back, fan bros. Thank y'all for all listening to this uber dope episode. Oh, uber, uber, uber dope. You like how I did that right there? Uber uh, dope. Mm-hmm. You're so clever, Ben. I, I mean, know. I'm so smart. So clever. So smart. But you're pretty smart yourself, Tatiana, because you always bring that intelligence, knowledge, and wisdom to. And this week in tech news, um, let's just say, let's just say, (laughs) um, this week in the tech industry is sexist and heartless. There's been a lot of scandals. Like there's always some tea when it comes to infighting and things like that. When it comes to tech world, if you follow my Twitter page, you know that I love, love, love when tech companies are shading each other. But this is the other way around. These are tech companies just involved in the craziest of scandals. And the biggest one that's been in the public eye for the last like three months has been Uber. You from the time that there was the the first kind of ban on immigration or, or the the quote unquote Muslim ban that where they were stopping people from coming to the country from from that situation where they said Uber broke the broke the the, the taxi strike it was pretty much been downhill. I mean, there was, there was obviously there's been things for years that have been fucked up about Uber, but it really started up again very strongly the past few months. Besides that, we also have this a, a few weeks ago where a former a, a former female engineer she put up a personal blog post about how sexist sexist the company was to her and how how fucked up really really a fucked up situation she was in and how whenever she went to report about it to the HR HR basically was like we ain't gonna do nothing about it. It's really it's 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 just crazy. You got you guys got to read up into this. I'll send you the links if you tweet me. The other, the issue that came up recently was the CEO, Travis Kalanick, or, or Kalak, and, I, and I probably, I'm doing, I'm doing you now, Ben, I mean, no, I'm not pronouncing good. nobody's name. I wouldn't but even this, try and pronounce that one. The CEO has been known to be an asshole, like really point blank period. He's been known to be an asshole. He's really into Ayn Rand and all that other stuff. He recently was an asshat to an Uber driver, just directly. So recently... Uh, an Uber driver named uh, Fozzie Kamel. He actually drove the CEO one night. Like this, the CEO ordered an Uber and he picked them up from some party. Travis was in the car with two biddies. They was having a ya 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 conversation. And once they got to the destination, the two women left and Travis was still in the car. And the driver, uh, Fozzie, he decided to take this moment to air out his grievances. Like, you have the CEO in your Uber. You are an Uber driver. Hey, let's holler at you. Uber is notorious for 
doing things, doing lowering rates to undercut their arrivals. But in the process, they are their drivers are getting paid less than minimum wage. Some of the like a great vast majority of their drivers are getting paid less than minimum wage when it comes to the way rates are are processed. Uh, every time you call up an Uber, there's a certain amount of money that goes that obviously you pay a portion of that goes to the driver, a portion of that goes to the company and whatever else that happens. And that portion that goes to the driver has been getting smaller and smaller. So every time you see a report or an alert that, oh, Uber's rates are lower for your area or Uber taxis lower, whatever, it's coming at the expense of the drivers. So the driver, this and among many things, the driver had to try to have a conversation with Travis. And he said, look, he, to the effect of, and you can watch the video, but he said to the effect of, look, man, you these this this these you changing your mind too much like you you're doing things that are severely hurting the other drivers here uh we put in a lot of money to be able to drive for this company and an extension drive for you and then you basically turn around and and, and screw us over and to in response the ceo travis was like <laughs> he said basically it's your fault mm-hmm. he said you don't you don't want to take responsibility for what you put yourself into. Again, I'm just paraphrasing. You can watch the video and read the transcripts to see the specific words that were used between the two parties. But that was literally the gist of it. And Travis hopped his little entitled self out the car and thought that was the end of that. Well, it wasn't because the driver was like, fuck you, pay me. <laughs> he, one, gave Travis a one star. <laughs> Which I think is great. <laughs> so just like any other ride, you gotta rate your you gotta rate your 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 passenger. So he gave him a one star. That's one. And two, he actually recorded. He, he has a dash cam, and most more than likely for his own protection, so that if there's anything happening inside the car, he can use that later for 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 reference. That video of that that exchange that they had was recorded on video, and the driver gave the video to Bloomberg. And then Bloomberg posted it, mm-hmm. did the transcript, did the whole story, got the whole background. And it is, if you didn't already know that the CEO was 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 not good, <laughs> not every no one's good, but really like he he's he, he's a real asshole. You really see it in this video, and obviously it's been a shitstorm for Uber for the last few months, and it just keeps coming down. Like, the yeah. rain just keeps fucking falling. And Uber issued this Uber. Tavis issued an apology, basically saying, oh, he sees, he says it's in black and white. He can't he can't take back what he did. He he, he admits and owns up to what he did. I, I In my head, I'm like, I wonder if it wasn't on tape, would he be owning up to it? No. But, uh, and basically, I mean... Long story short, on that one, time, time, just fuck Uber. Like, there's mad alternatives to them, man. Just use them. Like, even though he pulled out of the Trump thing and I went back to using it for, for a while, when I really think about it, it's like this dude was down with Trump, you know, and would have been, like you said, would he not have quit Trump if people had pulled out? No. If people didn't, people didn't really scream on him about it. He yeah. wouldn't have left because he, reluctant, he reluctantly mm-hmm. left. He didn't leave like, oh, I'm with the people. No. Yeah. And, and one thing I want to say about like the people who like delete Uber and all that stuff. I'm with you. Like if you want to delete it, you don't want to support that, that service. That's fine. You want to use Lyft or whatever else. And Lyft is not that much better, but Hey, they are, they have put their money where their mouth is by donating to the ACLU. Mm -hmm. Uber also, you got to remember Uber is also comprised of drivers. And a lot of those, some of those drivers have, have put in a lot of money, uh, money that they may or may not be able to recover to be able to drive for that company. Mm. Uber, what they've done 
over the years, like they've, they've made it mandatory to have certain types of cars for people who either don't have the car, or don't have the money to purchase a certain model or year car. Like Uber would basically create these, these subprime loans to get help people buy these cars and purchase cars. Like for instance, the, the driver who, who put in this tape, he said that because of the CEO and because of him trying to get into the business, he's basically lost $97,000. Wow. And I this and I'm not saying don't if you want to boycott a company fine do it whatever what I'm saying is also you got to remember there's also some people drivers and the people who are involved there who I one may not have a choice and two are or essentially I know they're independent contractors but essentially they're employed by Uber and they've sunk a lot of money a lot of investment to be able to drive for them so they kind of have no choice but to keep driving so what you do in terms of how you support either the drivers or not support Uber, that's on you. That's cool. I'm with it. Just definitely make sure you're looking at the whole picture as well. And then finally rounding it out is... <laughs> <laughs> this one's actually funny as hell. It's fucked up, but it's funny. Uh, the CEO of one of my favorite Twitter clients, Hootsuite, uh, got into it with a reporter. Basically, there was a, a news report on Bloomberg. Here's Bloomberg again. There was a news report on Bloomberg that said who sweet who sweet wasn't as hot as they were supposed to be and the ceo was mad he had sour grapes about it the writer of the article actually reached out to the ceo to ask for a comment and and get some feedback and the way the writer went about it he was just like well yeah your co the company did isn't where it was supposed to be but you're still you know you're still valued at like one billion dollars so the reporter asked for a comment and the the CEO said, well, I'm sorry you couldn't reach me, but you can reach me. Try calling me again. You can reach me at 1-800-328-3425. Seems kind of innocuous, right? It's not. It's not because <laughs> when you look at the, the keypad of what that is, it actually spells 1-800-EAT-DICK. Damn, Daniel. Damn, Daniel. <laughs> So. 328 3245 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 and I don't know, the, the tech companies ain't got no act right None for some all. reason. <laughs> they ain't got, the CEOs particularly got no act right, no home training. They don't have it together. But that's the gist of, of this week in tech. Wow. Well, yeah, like you said, it's sexist and heartless. But that's just the problem with the whole tech industry is the fact that a lot of these dudes come up from, you know, being in their parents' basement and then suddenly having millions of dollars. So they don't, you know, know how to interact with people or anything, and they only interact on these crazy ass. <sighs> well, yeah. also, let's get away from that myth that everyone's in their mom's basement. True. These are also just entitled people who True. always acted like this and behave this way and think, oh, well, why would I change now? Well, I mean, their mom's basement might have been a mansion, you know is what I mean? But they just never got no, out of it. No, I mean, I mean, to the sense of let's not perpetuate the myth that these people just are just complete like social outcasts. Like that's mm -hmm. or, or they don't know how to speak to people. They know they choose not to. <laughs> yeah. My man who spelled out E-dick on his phone definitely knows how to talk to people. 
Oh, shit, man. Oh, 328-3425. Three, three, I got I'm definitely keeping that one in the reservoir. Yeah, man. Oh, all right. Toll well, free. <laughs> <laughs> call any time. <laughs> Operators are standing by. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, man. Whew. All right. Well, you know what's not heartless? I mean, it might be a little sexist, but not this week, folks. <laughs> is comics. I copped. Yeah, and it's not, not really sexist this week because big shout-outs to America number one. The first issue of America. the self Well, not really self-titled, but it's called America. This is the series that features Miss America Chavez, the queer-as-fuck um badass of the marvel universe she was currently the leader of the ultimates in their series she was featured in young avengers before that she is absolutely one of my favorite characters i don't want to mess it up and say if she's dominican or puerto rican because she would probably kick my ass for getting it wrong and i'm not 100 <laughs> percent sure which one it is but you know she's a latin X is that what you said her Latinx Latina Latinx Latinx is kind of the designation when you when you're writing when you want to incorporate both, both male and female because okay. you can't a lot of people don't want to write Latino and Latina they, they use Latinx so okay I get it yeah. okay yeah. well Latina who is also a space traveling dimension hopping ass kicker and she's just one of my favorite characters ever and the first issue dropped. And I'm just happy to see it's written by Gabby Rivera. I think this is her first comic. I think she comes from writing young adult novels. And it's dope. Great first issue. Art by Joe Quinones. I think I got that right. Quinones. Quinones, yeah. And definitely just dope first issue. And just a very good take on the character. Like they're handling her well. She's in good hands. And I'm happy to see that. So definitely check it out. Like I said, America number one by Marvel. Also, Unstoppable Wasp number three is out this week. I'm also loving that series. Marvel is doing some really great things on the low. Like, I got to give them their credit because America is dope. Unstoppable Wasp first issue is one of my favorite first issues of any series in a long time. Like, right up there with Animosity. And the latest issues out today. So, the first three of that are out. The first three of Hulk are also out, which features the She-Hulk. So those three series I really highly recommend right now. America, Unstoppable Wasp, and Hulk, all by Marvel, all killing it. Also, Walking Dead, another issue is out this week. The pace has picked the F up. Yo, they've been moving like right now in Walking Dead. The Whisperer War is over, and now this is the aftermath of it. A really good issue. A lot of things happened. There's just been a lot of movement. I really just, oh, man, I really don't even want to spoil that for fans of the show right now. Yeah, I can't don't, even say. Don't, don't, yeah. because I, I don't remember. I never read the books. I'm not planning mm-hmm. on starting, and I watch the show, so don't say nothing. Yeah, no, I really can't because I just it's what they've done with a certain character. But I know a lot of people aren't really sure if this character is even alive, you know, or will be alive after the current events. So I'm not going to mention that. But what they've done with a certain character, what Robert Kirkman's done with a certain character in the book, has just made me love him even more. You know, like way more than I used to. And so it's just something, you know, I'm really hype about that. Also, in number ones, I got to recommend Savage Things by Justin Jordan and Ibrahim Mustafa is 
Um, it's this book by from Vertigo, which is an offshoot of DC, and they're like usually the more adult comics. And Savage Things since the first issue, but it features this little kid who's a little. He's a I think I guess he's a little black kid, and the issue starts off with him burning something in the woods, and then he goes home to find out that his parents have been murdered by this guy, who's sitting there with a gun out. And the kid mm. just has no real reaction to this other than, like, who are you, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So mm. the dude takes him away to the school where he's put into a classroom with, like, 40 other sociopaths. You know, like, the teacher comes in and tells him, like, all you are sociopaths. You got no feelings, et cetera, et cetera. We'll train you here. You'll work for the government. You'll do all these things. You'll be able to do all the evil you want. And then the teacher's like, but your first lesson is there's 40 of you in here now. And this door doesn't open again until there's 20 left. Ooh. Yeah. So Ooh, it's that okay. type of book. And then, you know, this is in the past, so I pretty, I guess the book is going to show the past of the kid growing up. But at the same time, in the current time, the kid is an adult who's been through the school, who survived it all, and became a top assassin. And there's, like, some mystery going on, like, kind of like a Jason Bourne type thing where it's like, you know, what is going on? Like, did these people get activated again for some reason when they weren't supposed to? I'm not really sure. It's still the first issue. But just a really good first issue. Like, dope story, dope plot, dope art. Definitely check it out. Mm-hmm. Savage Things by Justin Jordan and Ibrahim Mustafa. But like I said, my two big recommendations of the week are America Number 1 and Savage Things. Both of those number ones, check them out. Especially America Number 1 because that joint is fire. Nice. And that's it for comments I copped. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And moving right on to movie news, something I wanted to, you already touched upon at the top of the show, but you talked about, and it's all related to this whole Moonlight, La La Land scandal. Uh, I, I, again, people and media is so petty. So Variety, <laughs> Variety, the site Variety.com, they, they snitched all the way, like all the way on the the PricewaterhouseCooper accountant that screwed up the announcement. So first, PwC, they pointed the finger and and named the dude. His name is Brian Cullinan. So he was responsible for the mix-up that ended up having La La Land come up for an award that they did not actually win. And the reason why I said Variety snitched all the way is because today Variety released photos, a full breakdown timeline with timestamps down to the second <laughs> of exactly how the whole thing went down wow you y'all have to read this and y'all have to see this because it is basically and 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 what it all boils down to is they said the brian dude was not paying attention he was tweeting mm-hmm. he was tweeting and, and 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 fumbling around and 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 he had at the time he had two envelopes in his hand and basically fucked up and switched them around because he wasn't paying attention wow yeah, so it's it's again, it's so sad that because of really gross negligence that this went down like that. But shit, it is interesting to see it in, in color and on paper. So definitely check that out if you want to really get the, the, the goods on how that happened. And also to just round it up, just 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 to make it all complete the circle. The Oscars turned around and said, yeah, those two accountants, they could never come back. the academy president cheryl boone isaac said those those two accountants are not welcome back in that capacity 
to any future Oscars. Man, her reaction to the audience was so priceless, too. Because, you know, she was having a good-ass night. You know, like, oh, I lived through Oscar so white, I made it. And then, Right? She thought she made it. Yeah, and then, oh. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Yep. So, unfortunately, both Brian Cullinan and Martha Ruiz, they have been given, they, I don't, they haven't been fired as far as I know. I didn't see anything about PwC firing it. It looks like PwC understands that it's just a mistake, but mm-hmm. the Oscars was like, nah, bruh, nah. y'all stay over there. Yeah, y'all ain't counting no more envelopes over here. Mm, nah, they're not with it. Uh, also in movie news, there are a bunch of upcoming casting calls, which actually may reveal some details of the setting of Infinity War. And when I say the setting, just in terms of the types of characters that might be involved, there is a site called, I think it's called like Backstage Casting or or Casting.com. Let me see what the name of it is. But this site, all you can go to this site, like if you're interested in, in these open castings, and you can see based on, you could put in some information about like your location, your age, your background, all the other stuff. And it'll tell, it'll show you what's available that you may be able to, to partake in. So the thing, let's see the site. Oh, it's called backstage.com. The site has three major castings that come up and this is all for infinity war. The first is for aliens, uh, people to portray aliens as background backgrounds and extras, males and females, ages 18 to 50, all ethnicity. So they're looking for everybody. The second one is for Vikings. Male and female, 18 to 57. They're looking for people, they're looking for Caucasians specifically. And then the last one, which is very interesting to me, is for warrior women, which are female, 20 to 39, athletic build. You have to be basically, you have to be fairly tall, like model tall. Uh, Not model tall, you just have to be very tall. And 5'9", 5'11", and you have to be African-American. So with those three, and you can pick whatever one you want to talk about, with those three, who do you think is is possibly showing up in Infinity War? I mean, we know everybody's showing up, but that, that <laughs> right. you the know last that. one, you know, right away, that's the Dora Milajai or The Dora Milajai. The Milajai. Yeah, like that's right away. That's them. Um, you know, and then also we, we have Thor coming up with Ragnarok, so Thor Ragnarok is definitely going to involve him raising up the army, you know, all of Asgard to come at, you know, everything. I'm pretty sure that's going to involve because from what I understand, Thanos isn't in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and it doesn't even have an Infinity Stone. So there's still a couple to be gathered up. So Ragnarok has to be one of the ones that's going to involve one of these gatherings because I doubt Spider-Man Homecoming is either. And then before Mm. that, you only have Black Panther. So I figure Black Panther and Thor are the last two. Infinity Stones, where you know where you'll be seeing them both, and because of that, you know, I think that that's Asgardians. And as far as the first one, I have no idea who that's for. But yeah, the last two. I mean, Aliens could be. I mean, that's obviously Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Like, yeah. What am I saying? That could be that's even you know the whole the Ravagers that crew. It could be anybody. So. For the alien roles, they're saying you must be comfortable with being painted mm-hmm. um, on your face and any exposed body parts. For the yep. Vikings, you have you must be comfortable with fake blood and possibly special effects makeup. Mm-hmm. And then for the warrior women, you have to have a high top fade or willing to have your hair cut on the sides and then wear a wig. Man, I, I just can't get over that next year we're getting Black Panther and Infinity War. Like two 
really big budget, super big movies directed by two really good or three total directors. Like, that's just so crazy. Like, beyond the fact mm-hmm. that it's Black Panther, you know, and beyond the fact that it's Infinity War, like, the culmination of all this, like, 10 years of Marvel movies, they have, like, really top-notch directors on both of them. So that's just, Wow. Yeah, that's that's cr- it's like you said, it's going to it's just so insane that it's all coming to a head. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Now, Can't wait. something else that finally got me interested in the Inhumans is that they cast Medusa, Black Bolt and Maximus or Mad. Ma- I guess you can't call him Mad Max now, but he is Mad Maximus the Mad is what they call him in the comic book. And they cast Surrender Swan. No idea who she is. And Anton Mount. Uh, Surrender is playing Medusa. Anton is playing Black Bolt. Some people will know Anton from Hell on Wheels. I know Chico Leo probably loves him because big Hell on Wheels fan. I didn't really peep that show. But I like that. But what really got me interested is that they cast Ewan Theon to play Maximus the Mad. And Ewan, most people know as Ramsey from Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Okay. And not only is his look dead on for Maximus from the comic, but we've already seen that he can play crazy. I mean, actually, he's going to have to, I don't know, I want to say dial it back, just go in a different direction. Because Maximus, especially at certain points in the comic, is like insane, insane. Like, he's really just crazed, you know. But he's also a diabolical villain. And, you know, he's the brother of Black Bolt. He's kind of like the Loki to his Thor. You know, he's, like, jealous that he has oh, okay. the crown, et cetera, et cetera. So it's that type of role. So that got me hyped because dude can definitely act his ass off because he made me hate him as Ramsey. In a way, I, would, <laughs> in a way I've, I definitely didn't hate Joffrey as much, and I, I haven't hated someone like that on screen. Oh, yeah, Joffrey, Joffrey was just a, a fucking brat. Ramsey, mm-hmm. I wanted to fucking choke and kill myself. Yes, yes. <laughs> I completely hated Ramsey. So that really got yeah. me hyped on Inhumans. The I think the first two episodes are going to be shown on IMAX later on this year. And then the rest of it will follow up on ABC. So it looks like they're putting the money into it. And I have to say, when Marvel does put a little money into their TV, like when they did the finale or the mid-season finale of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. recently, it was lit. So once mm. they put a little money into stuff, and I know they're shooting this on IMAX cameras and everything, so the episodes that they show on IMAX alone are probably going to be crazy. And then after that, we'll see how the show goes. But they're definitely seeming to, you know, spend a little money because I know Ramsey ain't coming cheap these days. So, you know. It's Not at all. Out. So we'll see how it goes. Mm. Mm-hmm. And also before we go, I know everyone has been asking, you know, what is up with Chico's pick of the week? I know they miss him. You know, we miss Chico on here. I know everybody's been like, yo, you know, y'all been killing it this year, but we miss Chico. You know, we miss him too, of course, as always. Shout outs to the Chico Leo. You know, like Tatiana said, we were all together at the get out screening, you know, peeping that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Chico. You can still, will, well, you can still catch him on the screen squad. Oh, every like Chico, other week? Chico's, Chico's very live and well. Very <laughs> every other live week. and well. Don't get it twisted. You know, he's always yeah. part of the family here. You know, he's just on his fan bro show, Spacewalk, right now. And he's over the Scream Squad Space Station, you know, doing his thing over there. So make sure you're following him on Instagram. On, well, not on Instagram because he don't use it. Follow him on Twitter, <laughs> at DChicoLeo. And he wanted to give a special pick of the week for people who've been missing his pick of the weeks. And this week, he recommends Gamora. Chico's pick of the week. 
which is you probably know the name because it's based on it's a new Netflix series but the Netflix series is based on this Italian gangster movie from a few years back and Gamora the movie is one of the illest Italian gangster movies you'll ever see so I haven't got to peep the show yet but the show I mean the movie was so sick like it's just a great gangster and it's like italian that's subtitled all that but it's just a fantastic if you love the godfather anything you know goodfellas anything in that vein you should definitely peep the gomorra movie and chico is giving his recommendation to the gomorra show which is now on netflix i doubt you have to have seen the movie to even watch the show it's probably independent of that but if chico is recommending it you know it's fire so yeah it's gotta be yeah, Gamora on Netflix, you know, Italian gangster series. Definitely check that out. And that's, you know, Chico's pick of the week. Back up in here. You know, when you least expected it, we back. On all forms and avenues and mediums, we are on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, and your all of your favorite podcast players and aggregators, we are there there's no reason why you shouldn't be listening to us we are also on youtube there is both fan bros tv and if you go to the loudspeakers network page on youtube you will see us in studio you'll get some behind the scenes of us in the spaceship recently we uploaded some video of us talking with marjorie lou and it was litty definitely watch that definitely always go to fanbros.com we always have movie reviews we have anime recommendations really Everything that we talk about from Fan Bros, Outlaw Bars, The Scream Squad, Slam Bros, all of that stuff is up there. We got you. Definitely support us. We support you and we love you all. Fan Bros!